31, 55KRC Detox Station. Happy Friday. This time, every week. Tech Friday with Dave Hatter. Interest IT the place to call, is the place to get in touch with if you have a, a business that has computers and you want best practices and you want to avoid all the mistakes, pitfalls, and problems. Uh, I guess like MGM fell into when they got... Uh, they got did you read the story? Dave Hatter, welcome back. IntrustID.com. Business Courier says they are the best in the business to deal with your computer-related issues if you're a business. Dave, um, did you hear about MGM? The, and, and they didn't pay the ransom, but it cost them $100 million to fix the situation or in losses, basically? Yeah, that's a terrible situation. And as always, thanks for having me back on, Brian. You know, MGM and Caesars got hit, too. It looks like Caesars decided to pay the ransom. MGM didn't. And, you know, it, it's... So funny because smaller businesses will be like, well, that'll never happen to me. It, you know, $100 million, that's too big for me to even get my head around. Yeah, okay, it's probably not going to cost you $100 million, but if your organization is completely down, no one can work, you can't make your products, you can't ship your products, or whatever it is you do, product, service, whatever, uh, that downtime is going to be extremely costly even if you don't pay the ransom. And I think it's one of the things people will often overlook because, you know, there is no perfect defense against ransomware. All you can do is try to do the right things, the best practices to prevent it, and then be prepared to wipe your systems and restore from a tested, known good, restorable backup, you know, and then you can keep working. But, yeah, I, it's <laughs> sadly we see this all the time, Brian, and, you know, it's that downtime. Even if you don't pay the ransom, it can cost you an enormous amount of money. And the other point I just want to make real quick on this is if you have one of these attacks, it's absolutely critical to figure out, to do the due diligence and, and the forensics work to figure out what happened. Because if you don't have the root cause and you don't fix the root cause, you'll get hit again. The FBI has just recently warned that this is a thing now. They might drop two different ransomware packages on you, or they'll come back afterwards if you don't fix that problem, same people, or they'll sell your information to other attackers. So. You know, you want to try to prevent it. You want to do everything reasonable to prevent it. You want to be prepared to restore quickly so you minimize that downtime if you if you are unfortunately a victim. But you got to figure out what happened because you will get hit again. It's and these are bad people. I didn't mean to throw you offline there in terms of the subject matter, but I saw your first topic: artificial intelligence impact. Over forty percent of the labor force could be affected by in the next three years. Um, affected. I understand effect could be among any gazillion types of things. What exactly are we talking about here? The eradication or elimination of people's jobs? You know, it, it's interesting, Brian, because organizations are all over the map on this subject. And, you know, it, they, when, when the AI explosion first hit towards the end of this last year, around this time last year, when the chat GPT thing really started to get some interest. Um, you know, you've had people like the World Economic Forum say 300 million jobs will be affected over the next five years. At one point, IBM was saying they plan to not replace. I believe the number I don't have it in front of me was like 30,000 employees through attrition because AI was going to do all that work. And then this headline you're talking about here from Morgan Stanley, yeah, they say 40% impacted. But if you read through it, well, I, that, in my mind, the headline from this news story is kind of clickbait. You know, they don't say they expect 40% of people to lose their jobs. They say, yeah, they, like most people, they expect there to be some impact on jobs that will be replaced with automation. But that's been going on for a long time, right? Yeah. They mention in here that, you know, this will create new jobs, and basically people people will use AI to augment their existing jobs and, and become more productive, which I firmly believe that part of it. Yeah. And then back to my IBM comment, you know, recently now, 
IBM has sort of reversed course and said, no, they actually are going to hire more people as a result of this. So I think some of the original hyperbolic predictions that AI is just going to basically wipe out, you know, an enormous amount of the workforce, um, probably overblown because if you work with this stuff, at least the stuff that is publicly available, it has some amazing potential, but it's not like it can just replace you at this point. Right. You know, I, I do think as it improves and progresses, it will have an impact on jobs. I don't, I don't see any way that it won't in the same way that just regular software has had an impact, right? With, with an application for your business, like ERP oh. or something, you can you have less people do the more work. Right. So, think of tax preparers and when, uh, Intuit yeah. came out with the, you Point. know, the turbo tax and that, that was going to be the end of, uh, uh, CPAs, et cetera. Hadn't quite happened yet. All right. Well, we will have to roll with it and deal with it and adjust with it on the fly, Dave. And that's what we do as, uh, human beings. 640 55 CD talk station. Happy Friday. Tech Friday with Dave Hatter. IntrustIT.com is where you find him. Oh, Amazon and Google are getting fined again. Uh, Dave, real quick here before I find out how much the fines are. Who gets the money and who is harmed? Well, that's a good question, Brian. The government gets the money uh, uh. versus you as the, the person harmed by these issues. So I'm the so, victim yeah. of what we will call in the law a tort. Someone has done something wrong to me. And if I asserted an action individually, I would recover whatever damages were done to me, which would be calculated and determined in a court of law. Now, the government goes after him some, some violation of my statutory or other rights. The government gets the money and keeps it. Apparently that's okay. how it works. All right, right? I just want to make sure people you are clear. Better, you would know better than me. Yeah, just case. want to make sure people are clear on the concept. All right, what are we talking about here this today, Dave? So, you know, Brian, we've talked about these kinds of problems for a long time. All of these so-called smart devices, Internet of Things, doorbells, thermostats, whatever it is, are just gigantic privacy and security dumpster fires at this point. Um, I think it's, A, because... We live in this surveillance capitalism model where the more data they have about you, the better it is for them to sell you more stuff, et cetera. And B, because these companies are much more interested in being first to market and getting market share uh, and making these things easy to use so that you'll use them than they are to uh, spend time focused on how can we build devices that are secure and will maintain in your privacy. Because... This is not a new thing, right? It's a long trend of companies like Google and Amazon being fined for this sort of stuff. And in this case, you've got Google being fined $93 million because um, the FTC, I think the Department of Justice filed the lawsuit on behalf of the FTC. Uh, basically, you go in and say, I don't want you to track my location, and they do it anyway. So, uh, you know, this is always one of my concerns with so much of this stuff, Brian, even if you understand the potential downside of some privacy-oriented thing, and even if you go in and change the settings, which are often hidden with dark patterns, they're buried in there, you can't find them, they don't make sense, or they try to talk you out of, of changing those settings, you know, can you even be sure that when you say, don't track me, you're not being tracked? So here's an example, and you know, you know I'm not a fan of Google and haven't been for a long time, primarily because of this kind of thing. You know, it'd be one thing if they say, if you want to use our products, this is how it works, and you simply have to consent, and they did that very clearly without 30 pages of mumbo-jumbo that no one can understand and no one reads. <laughs> well, okay, but that's, that's not how it works. You know, they, they use these dark patterns uh, to make it hard to understand, hard to get out of, 
And then they just do things like this where they say, yeah, well, that's nice that you said that don't track me, but we're going to do it anyway. So, I, you know, $93,000 sounds like a lot of money. But then when you look at the amount of money Google is generating every year, it, it's chump change to them. And then, you know, before we run out of time in this segment, so Amazon has been fined again, also not uncommon or unusual in their case, for similar kinds of reasons. You know, I don't know that a lot of people realize Amazon uh, – Amazon is a very large tech company as well, besides the fact that you can buy stuff through their website. You know, they own Ring now. They own Roomba, the robotic vacuum sweeper. Uh, amongst other brands they've bought, Ring has had all kinds of issues in terms of privacy, uh, and they've been fined again because of a similar kind of thing. In this case, Alexa and Ring, uh, two different fines, two different cases, but kind of related with Alexa. You know, the thing has to listen to you to do its job, right? When you say, hey, Alexa, or whatever, uh, it has to be listening. And then it has to capture your voice, send it off to their servers to do whatever it is you've asked it to do. So then the question becomes, how long do they store that? Well, first off, do they store anything that does not involve the wake word? And then whether they do or not, how long do they store the whatever commands you've sent it? Who has access to that? Do they sell it to other people? But the real issue was uh, they claimed you could go in there as a parent and delete, you know, the history for your kids, and they just didn't do it. So a very similar kind of thing. You know, you're being told one thing. They do something else uh, because it's in their interest to keep that data. Now, they claimed it to, you know, train the AI and make it work better and that sort of thing. $25 million fine for Amazon. But that's, that's why I just tell people you really, at this point where we're at, since there's really no regulation, and this stuff is still the Wild West, and these companies just continue to display bad behavior, you just shouldn't have this stuff. Exclamation point. Shouldn't have it. Yes. I don't know if... I, I, I'll, I'll end that note on um, the article I read about the Venezuelan president telling all of his people they need to get a TikTok account. They must. Frightening dictatorial uh, edict on that one, isn't it? Interesting. That's crazy but yeah yeah not shocking as far as i'm concerned 646 55 care cd talk station one more with uh tech friday's dave hatter deep fakes and it breaches continuing a bit of a theme here first though if you're dealing with uh, or dreaming rather 650 55 care cd talk station brian thomas here with tech friday dave hatter interest it.com great find him and the crew after the top of the hour news tammy win with the book gaining wings that'll help you help your children deal with the uh, end of your, uh, well, your canine companion's life. That's a difficult subject matter to have to deal with, particularly when you got kids. It's bad enough as an adult having to deal with the death of a loved animal. But a great book on that subject. Rick Green returns at 730 to talk about his new movie that he's got doing. In the meantime, uh, let us see here. Deep fakes and IT breaches. What's all- <laughs> yeah. What's going on here, Dave? Huh? So, Brian, this is something that, you know, I'm... Of all the bad things that could happen in the world related to cybersecurity, this is the thing I'm the most concerned about at the moment. Um, deep fakes in general and voice cloning in particular, because I don't think most people really realize this is a thing today. And that with no experience, no previous skill or experience, I guess is a better way to say it, and um, no cost, you can go out right now, do a search, find a site that will allow you to record a voice, uh, could be your voice, could be someone else's voice, because, you know, I can call your cell phone, and if you have a voicemail message, uh, I can snag your voice off of there and use it to train one of these AI models. 
And then I can literally type in anything I want, and now it's you saying that. And I, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not trying to be hyperbolic here. I've done this. Anyone can go out and do this right now, and it's starting to show in, in crimes of all sorts, all kinds of fraud. Um, this is a, an, a really interesting story, though, because in this case, they were trying to break into a company, and it, the, art, the way the article is written, it makes it sound like something I haven't seen before, which is perhaps, and this just might be the wording in the article, because I haven't found anything that confirms what I'm about to say, but that perhaps they were able to have what would I essentially be a real-time conversation with a deep fake voice. Right. The, the tools I've, I've seen basically, you know, if I were trying to deep fake you outside of leaving you a voicemail or something, you're probably going to, and this would be a tell I would warn everyone for. If you get a call and let's say it's your grandchild claiming to be in jail and they need money or something like that, right? That's a common scam. It's been around for a long time. But there's a recent story in the New York City, uh, the New York Post about this. Um, where a deep fake voice was used, sounded just like the kid, and uh, but they left a voicemail. In this case, you know, if you're talking to someone and it sounds real, but there's a weird pause each time, it may be because the bad guys are literally typing, typing the response yes. in and waiting for the thing to say it. Yes. You know, but, but the way this particular story about this hack is written, it, it almost sounds as if it was some sort of real-time conversation. I'm not aware that that is a thing at this point, but I can tell you it's coming. Uh, if it's not a thing, in within a couple of years, we'll be at a place where, you know, the, the, the processing power will be enough that it can do it real time. So, you know, in my mind, the bigger point is it's very important to understand that these tools are readily available and they're free and anyone can use them. You don't have to be an advanced hacker, programmer, have any experience in IT whatsoever. You can go online, find a free tool. If you have access to someone's voice from a video, from an audio, from their voicemail, whatever, uh, you can be them, and I can promise you it will sound 80% or more like them. Now you catch someone off guard with a social engineering thing. You call in the middle of the night. You claim to be in jail, whatever. You know, the CFO, this is an urgent request, wire transfer money here. I know we've talked about it before, all the way back in 2019, a bank in the UAE lost $35 million in a scam that involved a, a cloned voice way back then. My concern now, though, Brian, is this stuff, anyone can do it right now. Uh, again, I, go, I encourage your listeners, don't use Google, but do a search just for voice cloning <laughs> sites and see what shows up. Go try it. You will be shocked. Yeah. And I think it's important to warn folks that you know this is a thing. And before we run out of time, here's my advice to people especially from a family perspective safe or even word. like maybe executives of a business have a safe word safe word so yeah. that when when you when you get a call or you get a message like this you know have some predetermined phrase that only the trusted people know and you know that's that's really the only way at this point that you can stop this sort of thing yeah just say exactly. what what's this what's our what's our phrase and artificial intelligence yeah. will know that. It could be like, you know, uh, a hamburger milkshake or something crazy. And, you know, who, who would know that? But just within the, the confines of your inner circle of family that, and people that you know and trust. Uh, it's a difficult thing to do, but the more and more this happens and the more word gets out, thanks to people like you, Dave, letting people know that this is a real thing happening right now, the more likely it is that we'll protect ourselves along those lines and establish those safe words or other mechanisms to, um, well, 
uh, question the veracity of who we're talking with. I just, I'm jaded and cynical about everything, Dave. If I even am remotely suspicious, I think I'm going <laughs> to hang up. You know what I mean? Well, me too, Brian. I'm I'm extremely cynical and skeptical uh, about about anything related to technology anymore because, it, sadly, we're in a place where you just can't believe anything you see or hear. Right. And you know, criminals are taking advantage of this, and you, you really have to be extremely skeptical. And uh, yeah, hang up, or at the very least, have some kind of phrase you can use to authenticate that the person on the other end is who they claim to be. Dave, can't thank you enough for what you do each and every day um, throughout the week for all my listeners and the companies that you serve at Interest IT, and of course for coming on the program every uh, Friday for the uh, well Tech Friday segment. Always good to have you on. Best of health, you and your loved ones. I'll see you next, or I'll talk to you next Friday.